she's a vegetarian. First sign. <laughs> Listen, it just gets worse from here. This is the first sign. Okay, okay. Oh, that's not what we usually say. <laughs> Just switching it up. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the pod. Uh, we haven't recorded in like a couple weeks. Yes. We, we had to get ahead of sketch, but we're back. We're back on it. Yeah, it's been a minute, but we are really excited for the movies in June. Yes. We're, we're doing a bit of a theme month, if you will. And as you can probably guess, <laughs> we're doing a Pride Month, people, okay? We're talking happy stories, not all happy, mm-hmm. the ups and the downs of yeah. the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah, I'm super excited. We're doing some movies I've seen and some that I haven't seen. So mm-hmm. like this one, for example, our first movie I had never seen before. I would say that's crazy, but it's like not anywhere that you would typically see it. So it does make sense. I think I saw it when I was younger because we had like an absurd amount of cable channels. Mm. And I was like something I'd found on like an indie channel thing. But yeah, I saw it for the first time when I was like maybe in high school Mm -hmm. or something, maybe middle school even. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was great. I actually got to watch it for free on YouTube with ads, which was very cool. Yeah, YouTube sponsor us. Yeah, literally. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm after this. I'm like, does YouTube have good movies? Like, I know I never look. Yeah, I've never checked. Yeah, maybe we'll do a YouTube theme month. They can sponsor us, and we'll cover all the free movies that they have. Oh yeah, I guess we should say what the movie is that we are doing today. Absolutely. We are doing the 1999 classic, but I'm a cheerleader. Wow, wow, wow. What a like (laughs) visually delicious film. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that not only do I like the content of the film, Mm -hmm. it's so pleasing to look at. It's really thoughtful. Mm -hmm. I don't think we cover a lot of like indie movies. Yeah. But this is for sure like a movie that's more alternative. the director, Jamie Babbitt, uh, she was quoted saying, like, I wanted this movie to feel like a gay clueless. Nailed it, I would say, for yeah. sure. Yeah. No, the the colors are are so, like, pleasing to the eye, but also have such a big part in the storytelling as well. Like, in some obvious ways, and then in some more subtle ways that I really, I really enjoyed. But we'll, we'll talk more about that throughout. But yes. Yeah, it was great. We can uh, we can throw some numbers at you. Bang, bang, boom. So we had a, a $1 million budget. I did read that initially um, when the movie was greenlit, they were going to have a $500,000 budget, but it did get upped to a million. And it made uh, $2.6 million at the box office. So not like a huge, oh my gosh. huge smash success, but I'd say a pretty, a pretty decent return, especially for an indie. I was reading that. She had made, oh, I can't remember it. I think she had made another movie for Sundance and then finished this script mm-hmm. and at Sundance got the financing. Yeah. For But I'm a Cheerleader. Mm-hmm. I think we read the same variety article. I think so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah. yeah, I was reading about her talking about how 
the initial reception of the movie was not great. Like, the people who were reviewing it were really, really harsh. Mm -hmm. But I think, yeah, it was just before its time because it's actually more of, like, a comedy Mm, than some sad, like... Like, there's definitely traumatic content, but it's more so focused on, like, the absurdity of the events that occur. Right, yeah. And this isn't, like, a movie made to, like, educate straight people on, like, the horrors of conversion therapy. Like, that's not what this movie is for. It doesn't need to be for that. There are many other movies for that. And I think it was also just kind of, like, revolutionary at the time to have, like, a lesbian comedy, especially one which actually Mm -hmm. Jamie talked about in this Variety article about how, like, it was so wild to have a lesbian comedy where, like, they didn't die in the end. Like, they literally just got to, like, ride off into the sunset. Spoiler alert. Um, And also, like, (laughs) no one had to, like, go through this whole transformation. Like, the idea of um, Megan's kind of, like, gender expression stays the same the whole time like she doesn't all of a sudden become like super masculine or anything like that like she's still very much a femme by the end of the movie Mm -hmm. and i mean i would really recommend reading this variety article because Mm -hmm. it also talks about how and we'll get into this more but like the juxtaposition of gender and sexuality because we see their you know sexual orientation and what they try to do in this conversion thing is conflate their sexuality to their gender identity. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's like a discussion I feel like that is being had so much more now than was back then with like mm-hmm. kind of the with breaking like down. Transvisibility and stuff too. Yeah, like breaking down of like the gender binary and what that means. So super cool to be able to see like these kind of seedlings in this movie from like 1999. We also both read that <laughs> <laughs> Natasha Leone got into – this film because she saw the script in Clea Duvall's car and I'm like that's the coolest sentence I've ever heard I know just like driving around with Clea Duvall and it's like oh what's this script (laughs) what's the script bitch like I think Natasha Leone is such an amazingly cool gal like I think she is so awesome I respect her like confidence and demeanor so much Yeah, it was wild to see her this young because, like, my frame of reference for her is, like, Orange is the New Black and, like, Russian Doll and, like, various other movies she's done. But I've never seen her this young. I've also never seen her play someone so, like, like, demure and, like, positive. She's always kind of, like, the rough around the edges, like, brash lady. So that was really fun to get to see her in this kind of light. And um, also – relevant like as we record this maybe not if you listen to this like in like two weeks but recently on drag race all stars that's happening right now jinx monsoon for her snatch game did an impression of natasha leone (laughs) and like obviously with rupaul there who's in this movie as well and i was like oh my god um and jinx was great won the snatch game absolutely killed it but oh my gosh did rupaul like say like wow like damn yeah. yeah he was like like during the snatch game was like oh like we worked together we did a movie together and at the time when i watched that episode i had not yet seen this movie so i didn't realize that this is the movie he was talking about mm-hmm. and then i started watching and i was like shut the fuck up rupaul is in this movie and then it all it all clicked for me yeah yeah it was crazy too because i didn't remember that rupaul was in the movie and i was reading about it and like whatever i was reading it was like oh this movie propelled people who were lesser known like Natasha Leone, mm-hmm. Cleo Duvall into 
you know, more notoriety. Mm-hmm. And, but they called RuPaul like more of a seasoned actor. And I'm like, I've this is the first movie I've seen with him in it. Yeah. But I guess he did a lot of movies. Like he has an acting career. I get, I mean, when I think of his acting career, I just think of like the random like TV episodes that I've seen him in. Like he had a little stint in Broad City. Uh, I actually just the other day, because I'm rewatching Ugly Betty, watched an episode that he was in. Um, so I think of him having these like little bit parts in TV. I've never, I don't think I've seen him in any other like films that come to mind immediately. Okay. Yeah. So before we get into our reviews, let us know, comment on some photos or DM us if you are going to Pride in New York City or (gasps) in another state. I know I will be at Pride in Toronto this year. My roommate and I just made like a calendar for June and July on our fridge because there are so many events happening in Toronto Uh, and we have that whole weekend blocked out. Very excited. Yes, I will be at Pride in New York City. I'll be going to Pride Fest. I'm so excited to go back after it not being Mm -hmm. like a thing because of the pandemic. And I will be watching the parade as well, at least part of it because Parade gets so crowded, but mm, yeah. If you see us yeah. there, come say hi. Yes, say hi. Because we're so famous and so important. Yes, <laughs> we're so popular. Uh, shall we get into some reviews before we head into this movie? Absolutely. So our first review is from Georgia Lane from Australia. I will say Saint Trinian's is on our list, and we have been getting a lot of requests for it lately. So. We're going to have to get that on the schedule. Mm -hmm. But for your montage song, we decided to go with the song Trouble by Shampoo. And this is like a little bit of a dramatic (laughs) monologue montage. And uh, the way I see it is like you have decided that you are going to break up with the person that you're seeing. You are like so over it. They have wronged you in some way. Like maybe they cheated on you or they just like fucked you over in some way. And you're like, you know what? I'm done with this shit. And you put on like your best outfit and you storm into their workplace in the middle of the workday. You're (laughs) strutting down the hallways. You're pushing people out of the way. And you're like, I need to do this now. You get over to their office. You tell them off. You throw... I don't know, you throw like a piece of paper at them. I don't know. But I feel like you're you're just like having your full drama moment. And you're like, I'm done. I deserve better. I deserve to be respected. I'm out. And then you storm out of there. And on your way out, some like cool receptionist gives you a high five. And it's like, yeah. Bang. Get it. I love that. That was a good one. Thank you. Let's write a movie. Oh my gosh. You know? Let's. <laughs> The next review is from OKGirl526, and we decided to give you One Love by Jordan Pruitt. Uh, I loved Jordan Pruitt. (laughs) So this could be just a pure 2000s montage for you. I see you getting home from school. You make a little snack for yourself of Dunkaroos and Mm. like, what's a, a good drink? Like one of those flavored juice things, and it looks like it's in a barrel, and you kind of like peel back the. What? I don't know if this is a hyper specific, like East Coast thing, but it's like this little plastic um, bottle. It looks like a barrel, and you, it's like fruit juice or something. Yeah, and you have that just pure chemicals, and then you (laughs) turn on the TV to watch like Unfabulous and, um, 
you have your boot cut jeans and your Uggs on and you just take a load off. Maybe you go on AAM and uh, chat with your friends and then you open up your Trapper Keeper and start looking over some vocab words. (laughs) That's just a little bit about me. (laughs) Our next review is from Haley Eliza. Thank you so much for the review. Um, We did find who we think is you on Instagram. (laughs) We are stalkers. Nothing gets past us. Not a damn thing. We deduced from your post that you seem to be like a concert person. So I see this montage set to Prima Donna by Marina and the Diamonds. One of my like favorite songs in 2014. I loved it. And I think this is you like getting ready to go to a concert. So you like put on your favorite pair of jeans. You have like the layered shirts. You got like the necklaces, the bracelets. You're doing your makeup. You're doing your hair. You put on your sneakers because wearing heels at a concert is a fool's game. We're not doing that. We're being comfortable. (laughs) And yeah, it's just like you getting in the mood. You're hyping yourself up and uh, getting ready to head out the door to have a great time at your favorite concert. I love it. I love it. And last for this week, um, we have a review from Abigail L. And I decided to give you Go Figure by Everlife. Incredible bop. For your montage, I envision you just moving to this new place, you know, post-grad. And you're really just you know, putting your life together, right? So you're ambitious, you're young, and you like, you're putting your stuff away, you're putting your books on your shelf. I see you going to your first day at work, you're laughing with your coworkers, you're you're a hit, okay? They love you. And you're grocery shopping, you're like, do I want, you know, the strawberry ice cream or the chocolate ice cream? I'll get both. Hell yeah. Yeah, and you go back to your apartment later, you have dinner, you do your thing, you sit down, maybe you pour yourself a glass of wine, and you just like, I got it. Like, you know, things might be difficult, but it's under control, and I am the ruler of my destiny. Oh, very nice. I like it. Wow. Well, thank you so much for the lovely reviews. We absolutely, like, it makes our day getting to read them. It means so much to yes. us. So I think we're up to April now, so we're almost caught up. Are we doing more reviews or are people leaving fewer reviews? <laughs> Come on. Only time will tell. <laughs> we'll see if we ever get to the end of them. But, yeah, thank you so much for the reviews there. They're really wonderful. Yeah. And without further ado, shall we head into the movie? Absolutely. So we open up, we see this montage of cheerleaders in their little orange fits. We also start off immediately with like every single name being in like a different color. So already the rainbow imagery present from the very first moment in case you didn't know what film you were walking into. And we see these girls, these cheerleaders, they are practicing their routine. And after the practice... Michelle Williams, who is in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. Big question mark moment because I was like, that's Michelle Williams. And then I saw her from a different angle. I was like, that's not Michelle Williams. (laughs) And then I had to look up like the cast. And I was like, of course. Yeah. Of course it's Michelle Williams. A very young Michelle Williams. It shocked me. Because I saw her and I was like, 
is that her? And I did immediately look it up, and it was. Uh, she's so pretty. Oh, yeah. So she plays Kimberly, who is Megan, a.k.a. Natasha Leone's best friend slash cheerleading captain. And she's like, okay, ladies, like, make sure you pick up your uniforms tomorrow before the bus picks us up for playoffs at 7.30. And Megan is, like, super stoked, super excited about playoffs, just like your all-American blonde cheerleader. She then walks off with her football player boyfriend, Jared? Question mark? That's his name? Yeah, it's Jared. Yeah. She's, like, super excited about playoffs. He simply could not care less. Doesn't care at all. He's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I could not give less of a shit. And they get into his car and drive off. So in the car, they make out. It's like, <laughs> so it's honestly really funny because yeah. it's definitely comedic. Like his mm-hmm. mouth is wide open. Natasha yeah. Leone is like staring off in the distance with open eyes. Mm-hmm. A regular Matt James over here. And <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, she's thinking about, you know, her fellow cheerleaders sexually mm-hmm. and just like imagining them jumping up and f- flopping around in the air and stuff. And they stop kissing. She's like, I have to get home. Like, I'm going to be late for dinner. And he's like, come on, please. And she's like, okay. And just goes back to imagining her fantasies. Yeah, I think that the like the kissing being so audacious is like a great device to just like kind of show how disgusting it is to her that it's like so not what she wants to be doing by having it being so extreme very effective device i would say yeah it's almost like we're seeing it from her perspective Mm -hmm. as opposed to like yeah what's actually going on Mm -hmm. so we go to megan's house it's like the most all-american dinner in the world it's like Pot roast, looking nasty as hell. Potatoes, <laughs> <laughs> truly like the whitest food I've ever seen. But Megan doesn't have any of the roast beef. Why? Because she's a vegetarian. First sign. <laughs> Listen, it just gets worse from here. This is the first sign. Oh my gosh! So she holds hands with her parents. Her dad says grace. And he, like, opens his eyes and looks at his daughter, and he's like, and Lord, please help us obey the roles in life you set for us, for all that is natural and healthy and sacred. In your name we pray. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta say, his performance is so funny. Oh, yeah. They do a great job. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's only funny if you um, can look past the trauma. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you can, if you're like, okay, that's it, like, you're good. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. hilarious. Yeah. It was at this point where I was like, oh my God, everything is so brown. Like, everything in this house is brown. Mm-hmm. And that's like definitely a theme that we see. Um, like, the, the contrast between Megan's home life and like when she goes later on to true directions like how everything is brown like muted tones but it's just like even the uniforms at school are all mm -hmm. brown yeah everybody's just wearing brown megan wears yellow yeah which i think is interesting she's like the only person that's not wearing brown because like while it's still more of like a muted yellow it's still slightly different from like everybody else being in brown and beige which i thought was like 
a nice little visual clue to like you know yeah. what we're about to be seeing. So I enjoyed it. Later on, Megan is reading a book in bed. She starts to settle in. We get a glimpse of like her room, some posters on the wall that we'll explore later, and yeah. this like very um, what's the word? It's like not phallic. It's the only word I can think is like vaginal. Yeah, there yeah. is like. A pretty like <laughs> obvious vaginal motif on her pillow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's honestly really funny. Yeah. And so that morning, you know, Megan goes downstairs. She kisses her parents goodbye before heading off to school. As soon as she's out the door, her dad dramatically throws the newspaper <laughs> and he's like, "They'll be here at three. And he says that he hopes they're doing the right thing. Mysterious. Mm. So. Megan goes to school and she puts her arms around like these two girls on her cheer team. And she's like, oh, Shaker Hills, here we come. And they like immediately blow her off and walk away. But she like doesn't even notice. She's just like, see you on the bus. Don't forget the donuts or whatever. <laughs> like Walks over to Kimberly, who's talking to her, to Megan's boyfriend, Jared. And they're like whispering and she's like, oh, like, have you talked to her parents yet? Blah, blah, blah. Something is amiss. So Megan comes up and kisses her boyfriend on the cheek and he immediately just like shoves his tongue down her throat and then is like, meet me outside (laughs) and walks away. Aye, aye, aye. Nasty. Yeah, Megan wipes her mouth, opens up her locker, which has um, a photo of, I think it's Jennifer Aniston in a bikini. Is it? I couldn't I couldn't see who it was, like clearly. I enough. think it's it is a blonde woman. I thought it was her because it says like friends on it, I thought. Oh. But I, I could be I could have like mistaken it mm-hmm. or something else. Um but yeah, it's a it's a woman in a bikini and she's like, uh, don't you like asking Kimberly, like, don't you hate it when they do that? And I'm like Oh my god, yeah. Like if someone was sticking their tongue down my throat 24-7, right. I'd hate that. But Kim is like, I think it's fun. And Megan's like, oh, maybe he just doesn't do it right. And I'm like, that's absolutely that's correct. probably true. Yeah. Yeah. And then she grabs her books, heads off to class. Kimberly mm. opens Megan's locker again and steals the picture of the woman in a bikini. This is obviously also like Something you'd rip out of Cosmo, not like mm-hmm. a Playboy yeah. magazine image. Yeah, it looks, it honestly, it looks like an ad, like it's from a catalog or something. Yeah. yeah. So we have somehow now cut to the end of the day, I guess. Megan sure. is driving home with her boyfriend, Jared. He is driving incredibly slow. As this is happening, we see our first flash of color in this movie, which is the pink van of True Directions. What's true directions? I don't know. We're about to find out. Mm-hmm. Because out of the van steps RuPaul in an all blue outfit with a shirt that oh says gosh. straight is great with an exclamation point. <laughs> Shock of my life. I had no idea yeah. that he was in it. So it, it literally is in all caps in my notes. <laughs> he greets Megan's parents and they thank him for coming. They bring him into the house And inside the house is, like, Kimberly and some of Megan's other friends. And he gives them all brochures about warning signs and says that it's important that they do things directly, 
but they do it lovingly. They're not accusing, they're supporting. Meanwhile, Megan and Jared get to the house. Immediately, they're met by her parents, RuPaul, a.k.a. Mike, (laughs) um, her two friends, and Kim. And they're like, surprise. Surprise, it's an intervention. (laughs) Literally. So Megan is like, is someone dead? And her mom is like, I made your favorite and offers her a brownie. And Mike introduces himself and he's like, I'm here to facilitate a dialogue between you and your friends and family. And they all sit down. Megan somehow still very clueless as to what's happening at this point. Her father starts off and he's like, Megan, we love you. We're just concerned about certain behaviors. We're afraid that you're being influenced by an unnatural way of thinking. And the mom just cuts him off and she's like, honey, we think you're a lesbian. <laughs> a lesbian. <laughs> lesbian. And Megan is like, what are you talking about? And Mike is like, I'm an ex-gay man and I work <laughs> for True Directions. <laughs> He's like, allow me to reintroduce myself. <laughs> I work for True Directions, a place that helps people like you understand homosexual tendencies and how to deal with them. And Megan, super confused, is like, "What? why would you think that? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And they're like, sweetie, the evidence is clear. <laughs> the picture in your locker, the Melissa Etheridge, Etheridge. poster... <laughs> In your bedroom, oh yeah, the the vaginal motifs in your decor, and oh yeah, wait fuck, <laughs> I'm like I'm like oh yeah, and this thing, <laughs> um, she doesn't like to kiss her boyfriend, but what the kicker is, the best part for me is she's a vegetarian, and they hold yeah. up a bag of tofu, <laughs> like a Ziploc bag with tofu in it. It's a gateway protein, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> You've soyed yourself. So Mike is like, denial is a normal part of the healing process. And Megan is like, no, no, like there's no way I am going to this. Cut to Megan in the back of her parents' car as they drive to True Directions. Um, And honestly, I was expecting them to like literally blindfold her and throw her in the True Directions van. So this was like a little little less horrifying to watch yeah so they arrive at true directions where first of all the house is like blue and pink trim so off the bat you already have this gender um, Mm -hmm. binary color scheme situation and we are greeted by mary the founder of true directions dressed in an all pink like skirt suit Mm -hmm. and she has blonde hair and she introduces her son, Rock, like Stone, and he's, quote unquote, an ex-gay, but... LOL, not at all. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> yeah, it took me, like, maybe two-thirds of the movie to realize that his name was supposed to, like, be a reference to Rock Hudson that, like, completely flew over my head until after. I don't even know who Rock Hudson is. <laughs> oh, my God, Rock Hudson, like classic like old hollywood actor who was gay oh no i bet that's his root yeah probably (laughs) so mary's like oh my gosh it looks like we got you just in time 
And it's so much harder once they've been through all that liberal arts brainwashing. <laughs> once they get to college, they're a lost cause. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Megan's parents say goodbye and they head off. And they're like, well, they seem like nice people. Spoiler alert, they're not. So we then see one of many title cards. Step one, admitting you're a homosexual. So Mary sits Megan down in her office and basically walks her through what it is she's at. She says it's a Mm -hmm. two-month program based on five simple steps. And the first step is admitting your problem. So she then asks Megan, like, do you ever have unnatural thoughts when you see a woman in a tight skirt with long legs or you see a woman in a bathroom putting lipstick on her luscious lips or in the change room (laughs) when she's soaping up her body in the shower. (laughs) I'm so curious about Mary. Mm -hmm. I'm like wondering if she started this because of her son or if she's an ex-gay. I think that she is gay. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the sense that I get, especially because Later on, as we see, like, those other two men who used to work for the program Mm -hmm. but left who were, like, ex-ex-gays, I feel like there's supposed to be, like, some parallels between the three of them. Okay. That's my understanding of it, at least. But No, that makes sense. It's also, like, wild. I did not expect the voice that she had to, like, come out of that person's body because her voice is so, like, low and raspy. And she's, like – a tiny little, like, blonde woman. I was just, like, not expecting it yeah, at all. Yeah, it's more commanding than her demeanor would mm-hmm. give mm-hmm. you. Totally. She kind of is, like, like the personification of, like, a cigarette on a cigarette holder. Like, you know, one of those, like, long yeah. – Like, that's what she – That's the image that I get from this woman. <laughs> totally. But, yeah, so she, like, describes this whole scenario. And Megan is like, well, I don't think it's unnatural to like think those thoughts and mary's like oh my god you don't even realize that it's wrong (laughs) (laughs) this woman makes me cackle yeah until you can admit your sickness you'll have to wear this and hands her like a hospital gown i guess because it's like until you admit your your sickness like you're fucking patient (laughs) (laughs) yeah and uh, she tells megan that it's a battlefield of temptation out there and she's going to have to fight. So she then introduces Megan to Hillary, one of the other, what are they even called? Like convertees, like campers. Students. Students. I guess. Yeah. I one of the other people at the program, Hillary, a.k.a. Melanie Linsky, who is a cool. wonderful actress. Uh, we've actually done a couple of her movies now because she was in Coyote mm-hmm. Ugly. She was in um, Ever After. Yeah. Very, very talented lady. So she has Hillary show Megan around the house. Basically, Hillary walks Megan through the schedule. It's kind of funny, though, the shot that um, she has, like, kind of like a follow camera. Mm-hmm. And it's the perspective of Megan. I really like that shot. Yeah. Uh, she tells her that they wake up at 7, breakfast at 8, group therapy until lunch, then free time until the afternoon before moving inside for reorienting exercises and their family therapy on the weekends so she shows megan the bedroom and this you know is where they sleep but no inappropriate behavior allowed and she was like inappropriate like swearing and then we hear miss clea duval go 
no inappropriate like fucking so yes we see Claire Duvall aka Graham lounging on the bed and I also just want to like kind of talk about this bedroom for a moment because it's oh, yeah. wild everything is like bright pink and all of the beds have like plastic covering on top of them like not like when you get a new like couch or whatever and it has that like plastic these are like plastic covers that they take on and off like between when they're sleeping it looks almost like um some sort of like 70s mod mm-hmm. shit or like if you were like oh i think in the future we're gonna wear like space suits as yeah as what we wear it's like it looks almost spacey mm-hmm. yeah and it's like puffed up mm-hmm. like there's texture to it it's yeah yeah it, uh, I, I read in an article that uh, the director said she was inspired by, like, a Barbie dream house meets Edward Scissorhands. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And that reads mm-hmm. for sure. Everything feels, like, very artificial. Like, it does feel like you're in a dollhouse at True Directions. Like, nothing is real. Everything mm-hmm. is very fake. And I think that's, you know, purposeful to talk about how, like, everything that they're doing there is fake. It's not real. Like, you can't like just take lessons on how to be a straight person like that's not real everything here is just like (laughs) that's fake (laughs) everything's fucking fake is the moral of the story but yeah everything is also really symmetrical too like we have two beds one in the middle two beds Mm -hmm. and a consistent thing that i've actually noticed throughout is how like there's a lot of symmetrical shots and the one thing that breaks up that symmetry is graham in the way that she's positioned in all these shots like you'll see two two and then like graham kind of askew somewhere like breaking up that oh symmetry. i like that yeah yeah which i thought was like really poignant given like the role that she plays in like megan's story and and in the house as well um mm-hmm. so it's great filmmaking i really i really loved like the interesting choices that they were making but yeah anyways getting ahead of myself this is where we meet graham she has like her short little like black hair and she's like smoking her cigarette like clearly the bad girl of the crew they leave the room and hillary's like oh don't mind graham she's a spoiled brat and then on the wall behind them we can see the five-step chart with everybody's name and checklist for all of them and so far everybody has passed step one except for Megan, because she just got there. Everybody else started yesterday. Mm -hmm. So we have our first group therapy session. Megan sits down to meet the rest of the group, and everyone introduces themselves with one fact. Oh, yeah, with one attribute and the fact that they're homosexual. So Mary tells Megan it's time for her first disclosure and asks her to tell them Um, The first time she realized she might be a lesbian. And Megan's like, I'm not. And I shouldn't even be here. So Mary's like, okay. Um, They should discuss the issues in her intervention. Number one, vegan, (laughs) vegetarian, whatever. And she has pictures of women just hanging around. One of the kids is like, do you think that's normal? And Megan's like, sure. But I've never really thought about it. So Mary's like, you know, have you ever had a boyfriend? And Megan's like, yeah, I've been going steady with Jared for two years. I love him. He's smart and popular. I think Graham is like, and he's got the biggest dick I've never seen. Yeah. (laughs) 
And so Hillary asks uh, if she's ever had sex with him. And Megan's like, oh, I'm a Christian. Like, excuse me. <laughs> I think it's Hillary that's like, yeah, it's really easy to be a prude when you're not attracted to him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they all kind of press Megan about, like, whether he gets her hot, if she, like, thinks about him at night. Yeah, they're really, like, digging in here. Yeah, for real. And she's like, I'm not perverted. I get good grades. I go to church. I'm a cheerleader. I'm not like all of you. Everyone reads Cosmo. Everyone looks at other girls all the time. And they're like, yeah, but you assume that they're thinking what you're thinking when they look, but they're not. And it's like oh a full oh my God. <laughs> glass shattering moment. Like you can basically hear the like ding in Megan's head and she has an epiphany. She's like, I just want to be normal. And Mary's like, just admit, admit that you're a homosexual. Megan is spinning out and she just goes, I'm a homosexual. And like everyone starts <laughs> clapping. <laughs> And they swarm her she's and like, hug her. Almost, she's like sobbing. She's truly giving like a hundred and ten percent in this in this scene. Yeah. Whereas I feel like the other people were like, "Yeah, this is why I'm here." It's mm. also interesting the fact that she doesn't realize it. Everyone else around her, oh, totally. has this realization. Yeah, it's like yeah. the glass closet phenomenon where everyone else can see it but her. Yeah. Yeah. So they all kind of like swarm her and hug her and are like, yay, as she's sobbing. (laughs) And Mary congratulates her and says she's taken her first step in her true direction. And Megan is just, you know, sobbing. Mary tells her that it's going to be okay. And she gives her a pink uniform to wear because all the girls wear pink and all the boys wear blue. It's like really hammering home that gender binary. Yeah. Then later on at dinner, Graham congratulates Megan on her first step. Graham is sitting at another table alone. She's being, you know, a little uh, introvert. Meanwhile, at the table with everyone else, they talk about how they can't wait to be straight. And it's nice to have people to talk to about this. And Graham is like, then you should get new friends. And Megan's like, we should all be supporting each other. Very goody two-shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So later that night, we also see Mary spritzing these flowers with water. They're plastic. Like, they're clearly yeah, plastic. She even, like, me. pulls one out of the ground at one point. And just, you know, driving home the fact that literally nothing here is real. It's all fake. And Rock comes out and joins her. And they're just kind of talking about things that need to be done around the house. Because he's kind of like the groundskeeper, like, maintenance man of True Directions. And he's drinking a drink out of his little bendy straw and mm-hmm. she, like, smacks him for drinking out of the straw. And she's like, I told you. No sipping <sighs> in like my presence. Man. Chug it like a man. And he's like, I'm sorry. So, you know, clearly Rock very much uh, under his mother's control. Mm-hmm. All of the kids are in bed. And Megan is woken up by, like, the sound of buzzing and moaning at the bed next to her. So she goes over to Sinead's bed and she's like, hey, what are you doing? And Sinead's doing aversion therapy where she shocks herself down there with a shocker every time she has thoughts about girls, which is horrifying and sounds extremely painful. 
And she's like, no pain, no gain. You want to like dick? You better start training yourself. So Mary goes in to tell Megan she has a phone call. Mm. Oh, that's not my line. That's okay. You can you can say it. <laughs> I did it. So Megan answers the phone. It's her mom. Her parents are just like, you know, we miss you. We want to know how you're doing. She's like, you know, I'm doing okay. You guys were right. Like, I am a homosexual, but I'll be normal soon. And they're just like, oh, we're so happy to see you graduate from the program and have you home as soon as possible. And they tell her they love her and will do anything for her to have a normal life. I really loved this shot. It's kind of like a reverse dirty shot um, because we have Megan like right like front in the right corner. Like it's a super close up shot of her face. But right behind her, you can see uh, Mary like sitting on her bed and playing guitar. It's like a really interestingly framed shot. And this is what kind of makes me think that Mary is gay because her she dresses in pink, but everything in her room is green. Oh, fascinating. So and like I think because it's like outside of like that blue pink binary Mm -hmm. that's like my visual clue that she is not straight interesting yeah i also was reading that there was a deleted scene where mary is like singing these songs that she creates that are like conversion songs Mm. um so i think that her on guitar is like yeah a part of that scene that was cut Mm -hmm. yeah this is time pop a podcast about time travel movies Each episode, we take a deep dive into a time travel film and talk about all the insanity and madness that happens when you travel through time. Tell our new fans some of the episodes they could listen to right now. Okay. The Adjustment Bureau. See You Yesterday. The Time Machine. Live, Die, Repeat. Primer. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. With many more time travel movies in our future. Join me, Ari. Scott. And Dez for Time Pop. So we then move on to step two rediscovering your gender identity and we see this like really long montage of kind of like the girls and the boys being separated like doing their own training the girls are with mary and the boys are with mike mary trains the girls how to like vacuum but it's like very sexual in nature where it's like go in and out in and out like mimicking penetration essentially Um, Certainly. We also see Mike teaching the boys how to go in and out of every crevice while fixing a car. And they are all just like staring at Mike's junk, essentially, as he's like thrusting as he's fixing this car. Yeah. Yeah. It's charged. Mm -hmm. We also see Megan in a wedding dress, uh, you know, just reinforcing those gender roles Hillary tries to like feel up Jan while they're fitting Megan in this wedding dress. The urges are obviously still there. Um, Mike teaches the the boys how to be manly, how to chop wood. Um, at one point when they're chopping wood, there's like there's all these like blue, like kind of cut out statues behind them. Yeah, and one of them I think is like, like mushrooms. And yeah, stuff. one of them looks like a giant dick that's behind them. That's Absolutely. Like, all phallic for sure. Yeah. Um, shows them how to shoot guns. And then we also see the girls putting on makeup. So they go to group therapy and Mary asks Megan to like report the root of her tendencies. But Megan is like, 
I just can't think of anything. And Graham says that, you know, prom queen is too afraid to disclose. And Megan is like, okay, then, you know, what's your route? And Mary says that it might be a good idea for her to share (laughs) so that it can help Megan. And Graham is like, my mother got married in pants. And they all (laughs) clap. Oh, my gosh. So everyone goes around. They say their route. And um, before they go back to Megan, you know, Mary's like, just dig through your painful memories. You'll find it. Mary then tells them to partner up to do an exercise and their partner uh, will be with them for the rest of the program. Mm -hmm. Megan gets stuck with Graham and Mary gives them like some flashcards to work through. (laughs) So they sit at this like, again, very fake like campfire setup. There's even like a, what's it called? Like there's like a backdrop behind them. um, Oh my gosh. Of like, like it's like a mural or something. They can't even just have like the outdoor wilderness as their regular backdrop. And uh, the pairs all sit together and they have to identify what's on the flashcards. So Megan shows one to Graham. And instead of saying like, this is a woman, you're supposed to say, oh, this is a mother. Because like women have roles. And if you see the women in their roles, then you won't objectify them. And Graham asks Megan if she's stopped objectifying them yet. And Megan's like, well, I'm still looking for my route. So, no. So chill out. Yeah. And then Graham calls Megan a priss. She then shows Megan a flashcard. And on top of, like, the mother figure, she has, like, a little cutout photo of, like, a naked woman's body that she's just, like, holding on top of it. And when Megan looks at it, Graham then zaps her with the shocker. And she's like, oh, you have to be more prepared for temptation. So, like, a little flirty flirt through teasing energy. And Megan storms off. Yes. So the boys are playing football the next day with Mike, but ultimately get distracted by Rock in his very short blue shorts. Mm -hmm. Mike calls them pathetic for wanting something they can't have and says that if he catches them doing this again... They will be watching sports all weekend. Meanwhile, Mike is like legit drooling over Rock as well. Totally. The girls are having their lessons and they are learning how to put a diaper on a baby doll. Graham and Megan fight over it and it squirts Mary in the face. Classic. (laughs) Classic baby changing. In conversion therapy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we then move to step three, which is family therapy. Andre, one of the other boys at the camp, talks about how his route is changing in front of other boys after swimming lessons. And Mary's like, sweetheart, like all children do that. (laughs) That was kind of funny because it's even like, oh, yeah, I found my route. Like, this is the cause of my abnormality. It's like, what? what talking about like these are just things that happen to people like yeah and joel is like you know i can totally relate and then like tells a story about him and his old study partner how you know they used to fool around and stuff and then some of the parents it's like graham's parents and i think andre's parents start to get into it mostly graham's dad 
who's really the instigator of this. He's like, I'm paying so much money to like get my kid fixed. Like, I don't want to have to listen to your stories about you jacking off your study partner or whatever <laughs> he fucking says. And um, Graham's dad then does call Andre the F-slur and Mary's like, excuse me, that's not appropriate, which really kind of shocked me. Because I'm like, this is a conversion therapy camp, but we like this is where we draw the line, though. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, but I think it's like, ironically, mm, well, it's difficult to say. Like Mary is obviously bad, mm-hmm. right? She's a bad role model, but her punishments are like, you're watching sports and you're cleaning. Mm-hmm. It's never like, I don't know. <laughs> I can't explain it, actually. I don't know what I'm saying. I I think the – I guess, like, the reason that this is where she's like, excuse me, that's not appropriate, is because it's, like, against decorum. It's not because, like, it's a mean thing to say. It's because, like, oh, that's bad manners. (laughs) Like, that's what the issue is. That that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Graham's dad is like, I've had enough. Graham, when you get back from Switzerland, you better have this gay thing out of your system. Otherwise – no college, no car, and no trust fund. And they mm. storm out. And now it's time for Megan to report her route. And she's like, hmm, well, like we've always been a picture-perfect family, but my dad was out of a job for nine months and my mom had to support us. And maybe that's how I got the wrong idea of gender roles. And Mary's like, ugh. Oh, Of course, you wanted to emulate your mother because you don't respect men. You don't respect your father. She's like, uh, that's not like exactly true. Meanwhile, her parents are like, what the fuck? I didn't come here to be attacked. And she tells Megan that she wants to write a song about this. Oh, my Lord. So after this horror show, we go to like free time in the yard. Mike gives everybody a 20 minute morning that, you know, they're about to end their free time. Meanwhile, rock is like gyrating with a leaf blower in the front yard. And Mike is thirsting over him. Andre and Hillary are sitting together and they get thrown a paper airplane. And it's a little flyer that says another way out, explore your alternatives, live free, love free, meet out front. Midnight this Saturday. Ooh. And there's like little rainbows on it. And Andre then immediately shoves in his pocket. Meanwhile, Megan goes and sits next to Graham as Megan is writing her song, her assignment from Mary. But she's writing a cheer. Graham is very judgmental of the cheer that she's writing. And Megan says that cheers are supposed to be simple and make people feel good. And Graham says, cheer makes girls do stupid cartwheels orgasms make people feel good wow dark Graham. dark Mm. they talk about Graham's parents a bit and megan tries to give them the benefit of the doubt um but Graham is like like this is bullshit the program doesn't work the only trick is not getting caught and that's how she ended up here she had a friend and she spent too much time together and they got caught by her stepmom and now she's here her stepmom is like totally awful yeah And Megan's like, were you in love with her? And Graham asks her if it matters. She gets up and Megan reaches out and holds her hand. Mm. What? And Graham is like, I could report you for that and walks away. 
I feel like Graham is the only thing that only thing, only person that like reminds me what time period this is set in. Like this is set in the 90s. It's set in present day. Yeah. But it's like so easy to get caught up in like this weird like 50s-esque world that they're in. Yeah. Because especially like with Megan's home life before then, like everybody is dressing like it's the 50s. Everything is very much like Mm -hmm. in a 50s color palette. The only thing that kind of like threw me a little bit was like, oh, Melissa Etheridge was not around in the 50s. Um, Yeah, yeah. And then Graham also like dresses – or not dresses, but is like styled more modern, like with her haircut and like the way that she talks and stuff. Mm-hmm. So she's really like the grounding force of like this is set in like in present time, and there is a sense of reality even in this like very warped, fantastical, like weird world that we're in at True Directions. Yeah. So we then get a little montage um, where Megan is starting to. Uh, catch some feelings she's starting to look at graham in a bit of a different light we see them in the bathroom uh this bathroom is also really cool it has like daisies all stuck on the wall yeah which i thought was like nice to have that uh incorporation of yellow which is very much like megan's color Mm -hmm. so we see megan like sneaking some peeks at graham while she's washing her face and kind of like little parallel to what Mary was saying earlier of like, oh, do you like see a woman in the bathroom like putting on lipstick? In Graham's case, she's washing her face. But Megan's starting to feel something. And then at night, she's having a dream about making out with Graham in her bed. Mm -hmm. What shakes her out of this dream, though, is her being woken up by Shanae zapping herself in the bed next door. So Megan gets out of bed and she actually goes around the corner into Mary's office and starts to masturbate. Bold. Yeah. Apparently, like, there was a a clip that they had to cut where, like, it actually – I don't know if it, like, pans down or you just see a little bit more of, like, what she's doing. But they had to cut it because otherwise they were going to get an NC-17 rating. Hmm. There was, like, a couple other things they had to cut, too. They had to cut any reference of girls, like, going down on each other. Yeah, but, like, not the guys. No, it's yeah. super weird. Yeah. But as, you know, Megan is doing her thing, she hears a boy moaning. And over under Mary's desk mm-hmm. is two boys making out. It's Dolph and Clayton. So she immediately is like, oh, my God. Ew. Ew, and they like the boys rush over to cover her mouth and they're like, shut up. Unbelievable. Yeah. Mike comes over to intervene. Megan spills the beans on what she saw. And both the boys beg Mike not to tell their parents. And he's like, I expected better from you two. And then drags them off to go see Mary. Yes. Um, everyone huddles outside of Mary's door to listen to her talk to Dolphin Clayton, and she says Whoever started this is out of this house, and the other one is in big trouble. So Clayton says it wasn't him, and Dolph says he can't go home. So Mary says she can only help those willing to help themselves, and she ends up sending Dolph home and sentencing Clayton to a week of solitary confinement. Mm -hmm. And if she catches him again, he is out. You know what's wild? The actor that plays Dolph is the voice of Zuko from Avatar, Last Airbender. No way. And also 
the voice of Jake Long from American Dragon, Jake Long. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, pretty wild. The next morning, everybody is eating breakfast when Dolph, in his regular clothes, waves goodbye and leaves. Andre says that, you know, he wishes he could have seen the action before Megan narked. And at this point, like, Megan, I think, is only sitting with Hillary, whereas everybody else is sitting together. And Shanae is like, yeah, if that happened to me, heads would have rolled. <laughs> but Graham actually stands up for Megan and is like, oh, what would you do? Zap her to death? Aren't you running low on batteries? Brutal. Yeah. So Megan looks over at Graham to, like, thank her. And then Graham, like, mimes, like, oh, Shanae is drunk. But there's a little <laughs> smiley, smiley, a little flirty action going on. Yes. Cut to step four, demystifying the opposite sex. Mary shows the group photos of heterosexual couples. And we get this awesome shot of, like, the projector and everyone's sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely going to post a photo on Instagram. So yeah, take a look there. And Megan and Graham are sitting next to each other. Their arms are touching. And Graham actually touches Megan's arm with her hand. Mm -hmm. And then we see a montage of Graham giving Megan a pedicure. Um, They laugh and like play fight during the diaper exercise. They laugh while doing their flashcards. And they get pretty close scrubbing the floors. I think their arms are like crossed over. Mm-hmm. one another's yeah i do love that shot they're kind of like le- like they're like left of center and mary's mm-hmm. like just behind them but they're like their noses are like almost touching they're very close yes yeah so the girls are doing their dishes together and we get some more kind of like um vaginal imagery with this like scrubber that's in the shape of a rose oh my gosh yeah. and um They're just, you know, washing this, like, one dish together. And Megan asks Graham if she misses her friends back home. And Graham is like, no, I actually don't have any friends. And asks Megan the same. And Megan says that she thought she did. And then their hands, like, touch as Graham takes a cup out of her hand. Uh, Young love. Later that evening, Megan comes into the bathroom to find Graham, Sinead, and Jan all dressed up to sneak out and Graham is like come on Megan get changed like you're coming with us and Megan's like no way there are only four weeks left but Graham says that they won't find out and like they could all use a little fun Megan says no and Graham is like okay just don't rat us out yeah this is also kind of drawing to see them in their like regular clothes because it once again is like a reminder of the real world and that we're like not in this like 50s Barbie house, um, especially because everybody's wearing all black too. But yeah, eventually Megan does decide to sneak out. She meets them all in the van and the guys that picked them up are, you know, the guys who sent them the flyer. They are ex-ex-gays who've been through the program. They even worked there. And so they hand them all fake IDs and say that they just want to give them all a balanced perspective they can decide whether or not they want to live a lie just you know either be yourself or perpetually being someone you're not yeah just being like trapped for the remainder of your life but whatever you'd like Mm -hmm. so they go to this gay bar called cocksucker and um graham goes to get megan a drink megan is like shook 
She goes over to the bar as Andre dances, and she repeats her intervention speech. And Graham is like, you don't have to do that. Like, just be yourself. And a woman comes up to Megan. I don't know who it is. Oh, it's Julie um, Delpy. She was in, like, the before sunrise, before suns, after sunset, that whole, that series. I don't know that series. Oh, it's like her and Ethan Hawke. Oh. It's like a very, very popular. Okay, interesting. Series, yeah. And so this girl asks Megan to dance, but she's like, no, I can't. So Graham pushes her over to dance with this girl. And they dance as Graham watches. And Sinead asks Graham to dance. So they're like each dancing with this these other people. But... Megan and Graham can't stop staring at each other. Eventually, Megan decides to storm off when she sees um, Sinead grabbing Graham's butt. Yes. So Graham does follow Megan out of the bar, and she's like, it's not what you think. I don't like her that way. Megan is very upset. Yeah. But is pretending that she's not. And Graham is like, well, if you don't care, like, why are you freaking out? And Megan's like, it's none of my business. Do what you want. I could care less. And Graham is like, oh, what I what I really want? And then Megan cuts her off and she just yells, screw you in her face. And then Graham kisses her. Aww. And it's like, oh, my gosh. All that tension that had been building for so long. So Megan does pull away and they sit down. And Megan is just sitting there and she's like, I'm not supposed to like you but I want to do that again. And Graham leans in to kiss Megan, but Megan does turn away at first before going for it, leaning back in and kissing her. Oh, woo. Meanwhile, Andre is simply tearing up the dance floor inside and Sinead goes outside to see Megan and Graham making out. She's not pleased. I actually, I never really thought about it until now, but this the way that this scene is uh, lit is in such contrast to the daydream that, or like the dream that Megan had about her making out with Graham, where it was like super bright and like, it almost looked like it had like a filter on it where everything was like the exposure was turned up really high. And this Mm -hmm. is like very dark and there's like some like red lighting and stuff. So it's cool to see like the contrast between like the dream, the fantasy and then the reality. Yeah. This is where we wrap up pretty much. They rush back to the house. They actually see Mary's lights go on and Mm. they like have to get a move on, right? Mary comes into the bedroom where all the girls have thankfully like posed in their beds as if they've been sleeping there the entire time. And she flashes her flashlight on everyone's faces before leaving. Then Graham hops out of bed. She kisses Megan goodnight and then um, goes back to bed and Sinead is like glaring, just glaring at Megan in the light of the shocker. Yeah. So obviously Sinead is going to do something about this at some point. We are, we are planting the seeds for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in the morning, Mike is leading group therapy, you know, trying to get Andre to find his route. And that's when Jan pipes up. And Jan, we haven't really talked about her much, but she is, like, definitely the most, like, masculine presenting, has kind of, like, the faux hog haircut, like, tattoos and stuff. Like, 
very much like stereotypically what you think of when you think of like just a very like mask lesbian. And Jan is like, I'm a heterosexual. And Mike is like, sweetie, I don't think you're there yet. Like you're not quite at that step. And she's like, no, I've never been gay. Everybody always thinks that I'm gay because I like softball and wearing baggy pants and I'm not as pretty as the other girls, but I like guys. Like I can't help it. I just want some dick and is like crying (laughs) and runs out. I can't help it. Which I thought was actually like a really cool kind of subversive moment that I wasn't expecting um, from this from this movie and this character. And as she runs out, Mike is like, who's she trying to fool? So it just like definitely like reinforces how much of like the way people are treated in this program is based on like aesthetic stereotypes. Oh, yeah. We see Mary tending to cleaning later on. She is dusting one of the beds when she finds a matchbook from Cocksucker. <gasps> yeah. Uh-oh. So she confronts the group and is like, who has been sneaking out? I want names now. And she's like, Graham, do you have anything to say about this? And Graham's like, why are you looking at me? And Mary's like, it was under your bed. And she's like, do you have anything you want to confess? And Graham is like, I didn't sneak out and I don't know who did, but I did realize something about myself last night. And Mary's like, okay, out with it. I have a crush on Joel. And Mary is like beside herself. She's like, that's amazing. I'm so happy. Joel is like, whom's to me? Me? And... (laughs) Graham is like, it it proved to me that treatment's actually working. And Mary, like, hugs her and says that they should all look at Graham's strength in working her way through this program. And she has scheduled meetings with everyone else's parents to get to the bottom of this. Yeah, so one by one, they have to have meetings with Mary and their parents, you know, promising that they didn't sneak out. Megan goes in for her meeting And her parents say that they know she didn't do it, but if she did, she can't come home. They cannot Mm. allow her to live this lifestyle under their roof. So if she's choosing this lifestyle, she's choosing to cut them out of her life. Megan then reluctantly tells them that they don't have anything to worry about. She's like, it's so half-hearted that she's like, I've been missing Jared a lot and I can't wait to see him again. Uh. And her mom is like, that's wonderful, sweetie. We can't wait. We'll see you at graduation. Bye. And they head out. (laughs) Lord, Lord, Lord. So Mary is like, got to get some retaliation on these XX gays. She starts making a sign that says, Silly F word, dicks are for chicks. And it's a play on silly rabbit, tricks mm-hmm. are for kids. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. So she also calls um, the XXKs, Larry and Lloyd, and is like, listen, I know what you did. Like, don't expect to get off scot-free. Mm-hmm. And she also lets Clayton out of isolation so he can join them all. Which is literally like a not even like a full-size garden shed. It's like a toy. Oh, it's a doghouse Yeah, Yeah, it's like a tiny little children's toy house. Yeah. So 
she lets him out so that he can join them in protesting outside of Larry and Lloyd's house. Yeah, so they go to the house and they're, you know, holding their signs. They're chanting Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Classic. And uh, <laughs> this young guy in a rainbow shirt is, you know, going into the house. He points to Megan and is like, hey, I saw you last night. So then Graham quickly intervenes, yells the Epsler at him, throws a rock at him so he'll run inside. And Megan's like, what are you doing? And she's like, what do you mean, what am I doing? Like, what if he saw us kissing last night? I had to get him out of here. Pretty strong, though. Yeah, yeah. So Larry and Lloyd then come out, and they're like, all right, you better retreat, or we're coming over there. And all the kids run back to the car, except for Megan, who stays standing. Graham does run. She doesn't go into the car, though. She goes just behind the car. And Lloyd asked Mary if, you know, this is what you're teaching, throwing stones from glass houses, which once again was kind of like a clue to me of like, oh, Mary's gay herself Mm. type of thing. But I did think it was really interesting in hindsight once I'd finished the movie, like this shot of Megan standing firm, Graham running not fully behind, but just behind the car, showing that kind of like one foot in, one foot out thing. But at this point, Megan has like accepted who she is. Yeah, it's pretty interesting because I feel like she comes in and she's so Mm -hmm. ready to be, like, you know, fixed or whatever. And she becomes pretty, like, steadfast in her, her, like, self. And it was interesting to see that paralleled or, like, contrasted with Graham's journey who, like, she comes in and is, like, never apologetic for, like, who she likes or anything like that. Because she doesn't even say when they're listing off the facts about themselves. She's never, like... I'm Graham. I like blah, blah, blah. And I'm a homosexual. She just goes, I'm Graham. And I like girls a lot. Yeah. Um, So she like never has that kind of like shame around it. She's always like very upfront about who she was. But like as we go through the movie, we see that start to pull back like with the pressure from her parents and stuff Mm -hmm. and how she becomes less steadfast in, in being who she is. Yeah, totally. So later on, everyone is hanging out, eating cake. And Joel tells Graham that she's so good at being straight. And Megan tells Rock that he has really big muscles and, like, she wants to touch them. So in this really weird, like, cosplay moment, Mm -hmm. um, Megan gives Rock a massage. Meanwhile, Rock is, like, one eye open and is looking at Mike and Mike is Mm -hmm. looking at Rock. And it's, like, a lot of tension there. Yeah. And Joel and Graham are, like eating this cake together and Megan and Graham are exchanging looks while, you know, Mike and uh, Rock are exchanging looks. And yeah, Graham is like, Joel, I love how manly you are. I love the part also when like Graham brings them both cake and he was like, oh, like you're the one who's supposed to bring her the cake, like (laughs) reinforcing that like he's supposed to be like the man who is taking the lead. Yeah. So the next day, it's the final test of the program. And Mike says, if you pass this test, you'll move on to step five, simulated sexual lifestyle. And those who fail will be sent home. So we see the test. It's essentially like repeats of these exercises that we've seen earlier. The boys have to like chop wood, fix cars, play football, The girls, like, clean. They do their little, like, etiquette thing where they have to, like, cross their legs. 
Megan and Graham staring at each other the whole time. Um, they're even like cleaning the floors and the girls simply can't keep away from each other. And Mary does like take notes on it. Yeah, but like it doesn't. Yeah, I was expecting yeah. a different outcome from this, but. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. So they then all have to write an essay called My Root and How It Prevented Me from Heterosexual Loving. And uh, we see like Joel kiss Graham's hand doing, you know, the straight cosplay once again. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the test, Mary's like, I've never seen such a determined group. I'm passing all of you except Andre. <gasps> yeah. She tells them that there is some cake inside and they'll need to rest up before this simulation. Mm-hmm. Andre is devastated. He's crying and he's like, I wasn't meant to be butch. And Joel is like, you know, you should still be proud of yourself. You have so many great qualities. You're nice and clean and smart and sexy and firm and luscious. And Andre is like, the last thing I need is a guy who just passed a straight test telling me how sexy I am. And he gets up and calls everyone liars and says that nothing is going to change them. And I'm like, I mean, go out with a bang, dude. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. So that night after passing the test, Graham and Megan decide to sneak out of bed. They are, of course, clocked by Shanae, always keeping her eyes out. They go outside and, like, lay down on, like, a little blanket they have set up. And we just see this, like, montage of them, like, laying together and kissing. And, like, sex is implied, but overall it's just kind of, like, very innocent. It's just, like, you know, Mm -hmm. you see them kissing and whatnot. And it's, like, very romantic, too. It's not, like – Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just, like, these two women getting to spend some time together. And – yeah. Afterwards, Megan tells Graham that she's never felt that way before, except for when she was cheerleading. And, like, maybe it sounds stupid to her, but she loves it. And it's the one thing that makes her feel happy and it's exhilarating. And Graham, oh, sorry. Yeah, you can go. You can say it if you want. (laughs) I'm just so excited. (laughs) Graham is like so different from when we first meet her. She's Mm -hmm. like, I would love to see you cheer. And Megan is like, ugh. Don't make fun of me. And grandma's like, no, maybe I'm just jealous that you love something. It's very sweet. I really love the scene. She's so like tender and it's like really loving between the two of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's like a total juxtaposition from um, uh, Megan and Jared in the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can like the emotional bond is so clear. Mm -hmm. So that morning we see Megan wake up. She has her like hair perfectly coiffed and her cross necklace on and Mary, Hillary, um, Sinead, Clayton, and Joel are all leaning over her and Mary is like, you hormonal hussy. Sinead ratted her and Graham out and Mary's like, get dressed right now. Megan goes to Mary's office and she's like, you're getting kicked out of the program immediately and need I remind you, your parents told us that you are not welcome at home anymore. And Mary says that she could make her a deal. She can stay and graduate with her class, but in return, she has to do her partner simulation with Rock. (laughs) Right? And Megan's like, that wouldn't work. 
cut to Rock outside, smacking his own ass, dancing to disco while doing yard work. Mary's like, turn it off, turn it off. I did read afterwards that it is a RuPaul song. Uh, oh my gosh. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Graham's parents meet with Graham and Mary, and Mary's like, well, we lost Megan, but you still have a chance to save yourself. And her dad is like, there is no choice. You're going to graduate. And her stepmom is like, this is exactly why her mother left and asks her if she is ready to lose her father too. <sighs> Jesus. I hate her. Yeah. Fucking awful. So outside, Megan stands on the porch with her bags, her pom-pom. She's wearing that little outfit that she came in. And Mary comes out with Graham and her parents. And she's like, well, it's settled. Graham will partner with Rock. Megan, you're out. It's like, it's wow. honestly really devastating. Like the look on Megan's face just to, because, you know, she obviously thought that they were both going to be in this together and leave together, but that's not the case. And Graham is like, her eyes are welling up with tears and she just mouths like, I'm sorry, I can't. As she goes back inside and Megan just walks off in disbelief with her bags. Mm -hmm. So Megan goes to the one place that she knows will accept her. It's Lloyd and Larry's house and they do let her in. And she's like, I can't go back. Like, I thought that maybe you could teach me how to be a lesbian and like, you know, where they are and where they like where they live and what they do. <laughs> and they're like sweetie we can't teach you that like there's no way to to be a lesbian she just needs to be herself and who she is then Dolph comes in and gives a, yeah shock yeah. he's alive <laughs> yeah and gives Megan a huge hug and he's like I live here now like thank you for saving me from true directions <laughs> and he tells Megan that it's gonna be okay She's still really upset that Graham didn't leave with her. And Dolph is like, who knows? Like, maybe she was scared. And Megan is like, yeah, well, I'm scared too. And he's like, listen, Megan, you're better off here, which yeah. clearly is true. Like, they're mm -hmm. Lloyd and um, Larry are super understanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, a totally rainbow house too. Like, they have a lot of, like, gay pride shit. Yeah, they're also, like... The some of the few people in the movie that aren't that don't read as caricature because mm -hmm. like like of the the adults specifically because like Megan's parents are so like in the extreme of being like so uptight and like we want our sweet Christian daughter to be straight and then you know we have Mary who's like fucking insane but Lloyd and Larry just feel like normal people. And I'm sure that's, you know, totally. very much on purpose. They And we also see there's a little scene. Are you scene. telling me the gays are normal people? Fucking crazy, right? <laughs> <But> <laughs> there's a um, in disbelief. <laughs> there's a scene between them later, which we'll talk about, which I really, really loved. Um, just showing their, like, relationship dynamic. And I, I do think it's, like, very much purposeful to show them as, like, some of, like, the healthiest adults uh, in the world of this movie. Yeah. Absolutely. But we leave this uh, little slice of normalcy to go to a fucking horror show, which is <laughs> step five, simulated sexual lifestyle. So Mary makes them all wear these like 
nude leotard bodysuits with the women basically like Eve, which with like the leaves and the flower, and then like the men as Adam with just, you know, the little fig leaf over the crotch situation. And she is coaching them through like simulating having like straight sex essentially. And uh, she then gets her son Rock and Graham to go up and they have to like lay on this bed and she's like coaching him through like they have to kiss and then they have to like essentially like dry hump and she's like and now Graham you open your legs up like a flower for him to slide in it's like so uncomfortable to watch in every way. I think one of them, maybe it's Joel, asked about foreplay. It's Joel, yeah. And she's like, real men don't do foreplay. You get in, you unload, you get out. <laughs> and Rock is like, mom. mom. Absolutely horrifying. Back to Megan. She's, you know, with Lloyd and Larry at the house. And Lloyd is like, oh, you know, we were thinking maybe Dolph could take you out, you know, to Cocksucker tonight to celebrate your liberation. And Larry's like, well, maybe we should ask, like, what, you know, what Megan wants to do. Maybe she's not ready. And they kind of get into this, like, little tiff of, you know, whether or not she's ready to go out into the world. And they're like, oh, maybe she should look at schools in the city and stuff like that. And um, they, like, go back and forth. And then... I think it's Larry who kind of expresses how he doesn't feel like listened to and respected in this moment. And Lloyd is like, Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry that I made you feel that way. They have this like really healthy moment where they communicate their feelings. They apologize to each other and, you know, reconcile. And it's Mm -hmm. literally the healthiest relationship that we see between two people, which I, I think is like very telling about just, you know, the actual like, love that exists between these two people as opposed to like Mm -hmm. the very fake like niceties that true directions is trying to like force on these people oh yeah it's a really nice moment i definitely like that it was included because their relationship is just so much more based in honesty Mm -hmm. and understanding Mm -hmm. um than any of the stuff that like megan oh my gosh (laughs) than any of the stuff that mary is trying to do yeah so Megan and the crew go out to Cocksucker and Dolph asks if she wants to dance, but Megan's like, I think I just need some air. So Megan goes out into the alley and Dolph ends up joining her and Megan is like, I miss Graham. And Dolph is like, you know, Graham made her choice and maybe it was the wrong one, but she has to be willing to walk away. And Megan asks Dolph about Clayton and Dolph is like, he couldn't make a stand And Megan's like, okay, but what are you willing to do? So Megan has, Mm. like, a lot of understanding and knows it's hard to, like, take yourself out of that, to, to, you know, maybe um, estrange yourself from your family. Like, she understands it's a really big choice. Yeah. So she's like, you know what? What are we willing to do if we love them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's it's really it's really cool to see this like journey that Megan goes on throughout this movie. Like it's a 90 minute movie, but we see like so much growth from her as a person while still mm-hmm. holding on to like her core personality. Um we just see her, you know, gain some courage and 
you know, better understanding of who she is, which I really enjoyed. Definitely. So the horror show continues because it is <laughs> the True Directions graduation. The girls are getting ready in the bathroom, and Hillary tells Graham that she's really proud of her and that it feels great to be straight as they all, you know, finish getting ready in their plastic outfits. Nobody is wearing like real clothes made of real fabric, they're all wearing like these plastic outfits. I kind of love it though. Oh yeah, I thought it was such a cool, such a cool design choice. Um, the girls are in these like bright pink plastic dresses. The boys are in these like blue plastic, like three piece suits. It's pretty wild. Meanwhile, Megan and Dolph, they're sneaking over to True Directions. They get dressed up in camo gear. And Dolph is like, you know what? I hope Graham is worth it. And Megan's like, oh, what about Clayton? And he's like, I'm not doing this for Clayton. I'm doing this for you. Sure, sure. Yeah, sure. Meanwhile, all the parents show up for graduation. And as the ceremony is about to begin, Megan and Dolph hide in like the back behind this tree where they spot Clayton and Graham. So Mary welcomes the crowd of parents and – all the parents are wearing white, mm-hmm. just to and Mary as well, just to contextualize. Um, and Megan is army crawling over to this like aisle, and it basically looks set up as a wedding, right? There's yeah. like an aisle. Mm-hmm. The, the families are on either side of the aisle. It's like they're literally being married to heteronormativity. Yeah, 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 pretty much. So as they go down the aisle, we see like. Uh, Hillary, we see Sinead, Joel in these like outfits and um, Megan pulls over Graham and she's like, hey, I came to get you. And Graham is like, I can't go anywhere and gets up and heads down the aisle. Meanwhile, Dolph and Clayton are in the back making out by the tree. Yeah. Megan comes back and she's like empty handed. Dolph is like, where's Graham? And Megan's like, I have to try again. So even even after that, she's not deterred. Yeah. So Mary then notices that Clayton is missing at the front and sees him, you know, run off in the back with Dolph. She starts her speech as Megan goes to change into her cheerleading uniform. One by one, they all go up to collect their graduating statues, which I think is like a hetero couple embracing or something like that. Yeah. Graham's name gets called. And as she goes over, Megan walks down that aisle in her cheerleading uniform. Mary notices her. Everybody turns around and Megan calls out Graham's name and starts to cheer. And she goes, one, two, three, four. I won't take no anymore. Five, six, seven, eight. I want you to be my mate. One, two, three, four. You're the one that I adore. Five, six, seven, eight. Don't run from me because this is fate. Oh, it's so cute. I really love it. Yeah. So Graham gets up and Megan says, I love you. And Mary starts yelling at her. So Megan runs back to the truck. She hops in the back of the four by four. She's like, Dolph, drive, drive. But... Before they go, Graham runs after her and hops in the back, and they kiss as Dolph drives away. Oh, 
but we can't forget the credit scene. Yeah. Cut to a meeting of parents and friends of lesbians and gays. And Peter, uh, Megan's dad, is at the podium and he's like, I am the father of a homosexual. And we see <laughs> Megan's mom just like in a fucking like headscarf, like kind of covering her face. Um, so, you know, there's progress. They mm-hmm. didn't cut her off. Yeah. Definitely an empty threat. They love their daughter. Yeah. There's hope. There's hope for Peter after all. There's some little hope. But yeah, that is. But I'm a cheerleader. Yes. Uh, it's so good. I, I do think that, um, yeah, there's a lot to glean from the movie mm-hmm. about being yourself. I think that people should watch it like parents should watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's like a great comedy that doesn't involve like the lesbian characters being like harmed mm-hmm. in the end they do have a happy ending yeah it's not perfect maybe but it's like positive for sure mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think it's a really it's a really smart and really funny entertaining critique about like heteronormativity and like how absurd it is by like really hide it highlighting the absurdity of it and visually like the visual storytelling is such a big part of the storytelling which i love that's that's like why i love Boslerman because the visuals of it are so integral to the story that's being told and i feel like there's so much that's both like subtext and also like very obvious about the visual storytelling but it works so well that i really enjoy it um a lot of the writing is just really funny we have great performances And yeah, overall, I really, really enjoyed it. I'm glad that we covered it. So I like finally watched it. Yes, uh, me too. I, yeah, I'm trying to think of like a more thoughtful thing to say, but really, I just want everyone to go see it on Mm -hmm. YouTube. I love Natasha Leone. I think she does a a phenomenal job. Mm -hmm. I love Clea Duvall. Clea Duvall, you probably recognize from Veep. I think that's like Mm -hmm. her most famous uh, recent role. I, I really don't have any critiques for this movie. I think it's also a super unique movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm personally, like, so tired of, like, conversion therapy stories. Yeah. Like, I was so annoyed when they came out with the one with, what's her name? The little blonde girl. Oh, Chloe Moretz. Uh, the Business yeah. Education of Cameron post i didn't see it yeah i think that's yeah. what it's called yeah there was yeah. that and there was like boy erased a few years before um there's been a few as of late mm-hmm. yeah i don't know it's not for me i'm like mm-hmm. i just need some happier stories yeah and i do i do wonder with like movies like that i'm kind of like i wonder who this is for i don't i can't like you know speak for the lgbt community but i'm like is this for them like those kinds of more traumatic stories or is this like to educate straight people? Like I, I just wonder like what yeah. what the point of view is. And I think it's important to like remember history, but I don't feel like spending that much money on something so sad and like awful yeah. is going to uplift anyone. Yeah, it, it can walk the line of like trauma porn. You know? Yeah, for sure. And it's, I mean, the same goes for, like, a lot of movies where it's, like, um, the, like, black horror films that, like, feed off of black trauma and, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that 
this movie has definitely like gained very much like a cult status. Yeah, cult classic for sure. Yeah, I feel like a lot of it's like iconography can even be seen lately, like particularly thinking about the Silk Strafon music video, which is like yes. very much like it literally is this movie is like that music video is this movie. But also even looking, I don't know if you've seen the music video for Someone I Fucked Once by Zolita. No, I that? haven't. Yeah. I, have, I think I've seen pictures mm-hmm. where it's like the same. Yeah, where it's like the very femme cheerleader, like the more like masculine, edgy, like girl. They have like a little romance. In the end, they both like publicly like I think they like make out at the prom is like what happens. Okay, um, cool. But yeah, so like these kind of themes I think are present as we also just get like more lesbian representation in media now i feel like a lot of themes in this like visually from this movie are kind of like present in what is being made now today yeah i overall really like this movie i'm gonna give it i think we're starting off pretty strong so i'm gonna say a nine out of ten i was also gonna say a nine out of ten oh i'm really glad you liked it like yeah. i would have felt so shitty if you didn't oh my like gosh. this movie it was like when I sh- when you watched Moulin Rouge and I would have been so sad if you didn't like it. So Oh my gosh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. But no, I, I really did like it a lot. I'm definitely gonna rewatch it. Me too. Yeah. I wanna watch it with Phil. Mm. It was actually on Criterion for a while. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's I think it's like a, any movie lover will like it because it's like it's not only funny and enjoyable and unique, I think it's also like really well thought out, mm-hmm. well written. Um yeah amazing direction yeah yeah and honestly like incredible set dressing oh yeah the the costume design the Mm -hmm. set design yeah everything just like fit together so perfectly um yeah yeah it was great we start we're starting off strong i'm excited for for the month ahead yes and i promise we won't do 27 dresses that movie sucks so bad we did that. We did 27 dresses. That's not the one. It's another <laughs> Catherine Heigl movie. Oh, Jenny's Wedding? <laughs> Jenny's Wedding. I promise we won't do Jenny's Wedding. No, no. We are not. It's not on the lineup. Can confirm. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited for what we have ahead. Next week is another movie that I haven't seen before. So I'm stoked. Yeah, I also. Actually, I've seen that movie, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen it in a while. But yeah, so if you want to see what we're doing next week before the episode comes out, where can you do that? Oh my God, on our Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. You can also find us on Twitter at MTRU underscore pod. Yes, and you can find us on TikTok at Movies That Raised Us pod. Got a lot of content on there. Or if you want to just type, type, type your little heart out, you can email (laughs) us at Movies That Raised Us at gmail.com. Sometimes it does take us like a little bit to get back to emails because we want to like yeah. be really thoughtful in our responses, but we do read them when they come in. We ruminate on them and then we will send you back a nice little a nice little letter. Absolutely. Well, I'm Mariah. And I'm Christina. I'm Mo. I was like, <gasps> full name. <laughs> I'm Mo. <laughs> and I'm Christina and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.